I want to take just a moment to remind you how important it is to think on paper. I talk about it all the time. It's so important, especially if you're someone who's easily distracted. You need a notebook with you at all times. This is where you jot down your best ideas. When you think on paper, all of that creativity flows and it it sends that message out to the universe. It's crazy the things that you can manifest when you put your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, your intentions on paper. Whether you're looking for a very simple to use, effective day planner or a blank notebook to capture all of your brilliant ideas and brainstorms, the place to go is pushjournal.com. We've got blank notebooks as well as incredibly easy to use day planners. Like this is the day planner I created as someone who has ADHD who needed something super simple. We've got new designs, designs that have more blank pages or our classic push journal with a health tracker, as well as blank notebooks that are so cool. They're so adorable. Like It literally will tell people a little something about your personality when they see you writing in this notebook. Check them all out by going to pushjournal.com. What is going on? Hey, thanks so much for joining me. This is The Shaleen Show. Obviously, this is Shaleen, and I'm super happy that you're here. This episode is because you requested it. Thank you for your feedback on Monday's episode where I talked about what you need to do to get yourself back on track if you've taken a break from your fitness plan, if your health, your physical health has taken a back seat and you're, you just stopped prioritizing it. And maybe it's just a break that you've taken for a, a couple of weeks, or maybe it's a couple of months, or maybe it's a couple of years, or maybe it's a couple of decades. That episode was for those of you who know you've got one body and you haven't been honoring it and you want to get back into it. So please go back and listen to that episode if that's the problem, like if you don't feel super strong, if you don't have the kind of muscle composition that you would like, if you aren't proud of your physical health, I want you to go back and listen to that episode. However, this episode is in response to those of you who listen to Monday's episode and you're like, okay, fitness is not the problem. I lift weights. I exercise. I'm taking care of my, my physical health. But when it comes to my nutrition, man, that's where I'm struggling. All right. This episode is for you. First and foremost, it's really important to figure out like where are you when it comes to nutrition? So I think let's start with two separate categories. There's a category of someone who knows what they should be doing. They've got a pretty good sense of what their macros should look like, about what their you know energy range, meaning like how approximately how many calories should you be in the range of in order to just maintain. You also know what is unprocessed food, you know how to eat in order to improve your internal health. Like you know what's healthy and what's not healthy. Like you you get it. You're you're educated, but the problem is you're just not doing the things you know you need to do. Let's call that person type A. Type B is a person who you've just never really figured out what you need to do. You don't understand how you should be eating. Only thing you really kind of know is maybe go on a diet. You're not really certain about which foods cause inflammation. You're not really even 100% positive what is healthy, what isn't healthy, what is processed, what's unhealthy processed. Everything is confusing to you. You're overwhelmed by all the information out there. And, and you really don't even know for sure what it is you're doing wrong. Like you think you know what it is, but you're, you're not sure. You're like, maybe I'm overeating. I don't know. Maybe I'm under eating. Maybe some of the things I'm eating are 
I don't know if I'm getting too much sugar. I don't know if I'm having too many carbohydrates. I really don't know what is healthy and what isn't. I mean, the obvious things, yes, of course, we all know, like, I probably shouldn't be finishing my night with a sleeve of Oreos and gallon of ice cream. Like, we, you know, or I, I know I shouldn't be having cocktails every night. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things where you're like, I, I really don't know for sure how to eat in a way that makes me feel amazing and is going to help me live longer and is also probably going to help me drop some body fat. Like, I, I really don't know what I'm supposed to do. I never have. So if that's you, I'm going to call you the type B. And I think there's probably more type Bs than there are type As. But either way, this episode is for you. But I just want to start off by saying if you are type B, the person who really needs to start with education, and this is not a promotion, like there's a million ways you can figure this out. But it is one of the reasons why I created Phase It Up, which is formerly 131 Method. Phase It Up, it's an educational program. It's a, a program that teaches you habits. It teaches you how to figure out what is healthy for you. It doesn't teach you how to diet. It teaches you how to phase your diet, meaning it educates you so that you actually understand how to identify what is inflammatory, what isn't inflammatory, what is working for you and what doesn't work for you. And by that, I mean like from a lifestyle standpoint, from a past history with eating disorders, from a habit standpoint, from a how old are you? What does your metabolism look like? What does your diet history look like? All of those things are covered in Phase It Up. So I will obviously put a link to that in our show notes. But I'm not trying to like make this a promo for Phase It Up. I'm not. But it is a really, really powerful program. And it's helped so many people educate themselves, learn how to research, learn how to evaluate information. And and one thing that Phase It Up is not is it's not a diet. And there's no wrong way to do it. So it's not going to teach you how to do keto or teach you how to do intermittent fasting or teach you how to do the Mediterranean diet. Like It's going to teach you how to evaluate how to adopt a lifestyle and a nutritional lifestyle that works for you and also how to identify when it's time to change it up. Because anything that we do kind of long term, our bodies are conditioned to go into homeostasis, meaning like stay the same and slow down and not work so hard. In other words, our bodies are, they're always trying to make things easier for us. And so if you are a a type B person, the person who really needs to understand this stuff and you want to do so in a way that doesn't make you feel like you must do it this way. There's only one way to do this or you've got to eat this style or that style. No, mm -mm. you want phase it up. Anyways, that's for my type Bs. For my type A's, the ones who like you, you know what it is you need to do. I want to challenge that for just a second and ask you if in fact your confidence or your belief that you you know what you need to do, you're just not doing it. Just be careful that you're not saying that based on what worked for you like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Okay. I'm talking about, do you know what you should be doing today based on your age? Are you over 40? Are you over 50? Have you been doing intermittent fasting for too long? Do you even know what is the right amount of protein that you need in order to build muscle. Because I need to preface this whole episode with the presumption that you're exercising and that you're doing exercising and you're not just doing cardio, that you're doing things to put muscle composition in your body. And let me know, you guys, if you want me to do a whole episode about strength training, because I really think that is the key 
to having been able to transform my own body. It was me figuring out that the hours and hours of cardio that I was doing was just cannibalizing my own muscle and it was slowing down my metabolism. It was putting my body under so much stress. It was creating injuries and just, I wasn't made for that, but that was the mentality. Like, and I know you know what I'm talking about. If you lived through the 90s and the early 2000s where like cardio, 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 that's like all that we did, beat up our bodies. But my mentality, my health, the way that I eat and the shape of my body changed when I started focusing on building strength. But you cannot build a body if you don't have adequate nutrition, period, end of subject. Your body will hold on to fat if you aren't giving it the nutrients that it needs because fat is how our bodies protect themselves. Think about when you're building a baby. Right For those of you who've ever had a baby or if you've ever known a woman to be pregnant, you know that your body puts on body fat when you're carrying a baby. Why? Because body fat is protective. It's one of the reasons why when women, their body fat gets too low, they can't carry a child. They don't menstruate. Our bodies shift what they're using for energy based on what we're feeding ourselves and what we're experiencing. So if we're under a lot of stress, either physically because of the type of workouts that we're doing or the lifestyle that we're living or emotionally, the body says, okay, okay, we're under attack, hold fat. It's why you'll see people who they're preparing for a marathon. And I know people who've done this, like they are like, okay, this is really gonna help me lose weight. So I'm gonna prepare to run this half marathon or this whole marathon. And they beat up their bodies and they maybe drop a little bit of weight, but they gain body fat. Like they're like, why am I like thicker through the middle, even though I'm like running 20 miles every two days? Yeah, that's why, because your body's saying, well, what are you doing? This is really, really hard. We're gonna help protect you. And cortisol levels go up and cortisol makes us hold on to body fat. So just a little pitch right there for strength training. Ladies, you wanna change your body. Men, obviously, lift heavy. I can explain all that in another podcast if you'd like. But step one is like really understanding what it is you should be doing to be in optimal health. Notice I didn't say to be as thin or as fit or as lean as possible. I mean, to be healthy. You can do that by educating yourself. As I said, Phase It Up is a great resource. But there are other resources too. You can work with a certified registered dietitian. That's someone who usually has a master's degree in nutrition. You could work with a nutrition coach. I say be very careful who it is you're working with because sometimes they have their own specific diet that they believe is best for everybody. Is like a one size fits all. And I'm just not a fan of that. So do some screening first and make sure that the nutrition coach you want to work with understands how to look at you, look at your age, look at your history, and will help you to educate you to figure out like what is best for you based on your goals, based on your lifestyle, based on your food intolerances, and not based on, well, keto helped me to lose 35 pounds, so therefore every single person I work with is going to go keto. Like, no, we don't want to work with that person, okay? We want to work with someone who looks at you as the individual. There are coaches that can help you with this. There are programs that can help you with this. I'm going to put a link to my girl, Mia Finnegan, in our show notes. Mia is a personal friend of mine. She is an exceptional nutrition expert. 
She's also over 50. She's a former bodybuilder, and she has helped thousands and thousands of women figure out their nutrition, like to educate them to do one-on-one assessments. So that could be an option for you. She's amazing. She's got a couple of different types of programs. You know what else she's really good at, if I do say so? I mean, there's a lot of people that do this. I'm just sharing with you one person who I personally would recommend is Mia's also really good at helping you understand which supplements you might need in terms of building muscle. I'm not talking about like oh, am I low on magnesium or am I low on vitamin D? I'm not talking about that. Like you need to make sure you are taking a multivitamin. But aside from that, like, are you getting enough amino acids? Do you need to supplement your protein intake because maybe you're vegan and you're you're just not getting enough protein in your diet? Anyways, let's just pretend that we're all to that place where we actually know what it is we need to do. If you're not there, that's step one, okay? But once you know what it is you should be doing, Now let's talk about your mindset. What's going on with your mindset? Is that a part of the problem? I'm asking you that question and I'm intentionally being silent for a moment for you to actually think about the answer. Is part of the problem the fact that you've given up, that you've thrown in the towel, that you're making excuses like, I'm just so stressed out that I'll never be able to get my nutrition in order or Have you resigned yourself to the fact that I'm a certain age, so therefore I'm heavier, and so therefore what's the point of even trying to eat in a way that's healthy? Is the problem that you are so stressed out and you've tried so many things and they just don't work, so you're like, screw it, I'm not even going to try anymore. I mean, what's the point? I've tried in the past, it doesn't work, so now I'm really not even trying. Answer this question, yes or no. Have you given up? Have you made excuses? Have you slowly over time created bad habits? Like maybe you were really good about your nutrition. You knew what to eat and you were really thinking about doing things that were healthy for you. And then slowly over time, you let some bad habits creep in. And I'm talking about the things that they don't make you feel good even five minutes after you've eaten them. Like you know you don't feel good. You know that these foods don't give you energy, that these foods don't fuel you, that these foods make you crash or they make you crave more or they make you feel like crap or they give you a headache. You know, you you know that what you're doing isn't healthy for you, but you slowly allowed, oh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then before you know it, you've just got to be honest with yourself and say, I'm doing a lot more of that than I've realized. Give your mindset a score on a scale of one to 10. And if your score is lower than a six or seven, then I need you to ask yourself what it is you want. Like really identify how motivated are you to feel differently, to look, but more importantly, to feel your best and to live longer, to have a vitality that is missing. Okay, I just realized I need to make this very important distinction. This episode is not for those of you who can't figure out how to lose weight. Because if you are, you're doing all the right things in terms of your your exercise, like your strength training, and you know that you've got your nutrition dialed in, but you just cannot lose weight, I've got an episode for you about that. It was just a couple of weeks ago. We'll put a link in the show notes to there. That was Dr. Mary Haverson. And that's a really important episode where we talk about your hormones because It could be hormones, could be a lot of things that are going on. Remember, this episode is for those of you who are like, you know the nutrition is a problem. 
I just want to make that very important clarification that this episode is not for that person who can't figure out what's going on because your nutrition is dialed in and your fitness is dialed in. That's that's another issue. So let's move forward for the person who we know it's nutrition. Okay. What is your why? Why do you want to be healthier? Do you want to look good in a bathing suit or in your clothes? Do you just want to be a better example for your kids? Because you're role modeling how you feel about your body just by what you put into your body or don't put into your body. Are you afraid of food? Does food control you? Are you using food to soothe or to distract yourself because you're bored or you're stressed or you're overwhelmed or you're unhappy? And listen, if you're a human, that's normal. Like we all do that from time to time. But if that's become the problem, like if you are turning to food because food won't let you down, food is, it's an escape. It's something that you're doing because it feels like something's missing or something's not right or you're upset or you're, you know, all the reasons we just talked about, that's what we call emotional eating. And if you're struggling with emotional eating, that is something you want to work with a therapist on. That's not something that you can, in my opinion, it's not about the food, it's about the emotion. And having ways to cope, having tools, having like resources at your fingertips so that you have different habits, ways of coping with what it is you're feeling, what it is you're experiencing, what it is you're going through. That is so powerful and that should be done with a therapist. Now, there are online programs. Regular guest of the show, Dr. Michaela, has an incredible program called End Emotional Eating. And you can find it by going to endemotionaleating.com. And it's an all audio program. And many people found that to be very helpful. And remember, emotional eating means that you have an emotional relationship with food. You're using food. And sometimes that means restricting food. So emotional eating can be binge eating, it can be excessive snacking, it can be soothing yourself with food, it can also be kind of controlling things by restricting food or binge eating and then purging. Like all of these are conditions of emotional eating and you don't have to suffer. You don't have to allow that disordered way of eating and thinking and feeling about food You don't have to allow that to control your life because that sucks because food is freaking everywhere and it's everything. And so I want to encourage you to take that courageous step to work with a professional to help you if your eating has, it's really become a problem and it's the only thing you're thinking of. I want you to know that you can have hope. And if there's somebody in your family who's struggling with food emotionally, they're overeating, they're undereating, you know, talking to them about nutrition is not going to be helpful. You know, if you've got a daughter or a family member or a friend who's struggling with an eating disorder, talking to them about nutrition and that they need to eat more or they need to eat less or they they need to do this or they need to do that with regard to food, that's, it's like putting a Band-Aid on a, a bullet wound. Like, that's nice. It feels like you're doing something meaningful and helpful, but it's not because we have to get to the root core of the emotion. And there should be no shame in that. Like people every day turn to vices to help them to dissociate, to soothe themselves, to to cope, right? It's, it's a coping mechanism. Some people turn to food or turn away from food. For some people, it's gambling. For some people, it's porn. It's work, shopping. Like, you know, there's no shame in it. 
and there's no reason why you or a loved one should have to suffer indefinitely. Okay, so let's assume, however, that we're just talking about getting you back on track. I want you to identify what is your why. Why do you want to do this? Why is it important? Imagine what you would feel. Imagine what will change. Imagine how you will feel about yourself. Consider even making a list of all of the things that will improve if you improve your diet, improving your nutrition. I mean, I don't need to go over the list. I think you probably know a lot of these things, but you're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You're going to have better cognition. You're going to live longer. You're going to have a reduced risk of cancer, of all-cause mortality. But is that what matters to you? I don't know, and I'm also not here to judge, but I do think it's really important that you think about it and ask yourself, like, why do I want to do this? Because if the reasons don't inspire the discipline, you're not likely to follow through. If the reasons aren't compelling enough, if your why doesn't compel you to make these changes, you're not going to make those changes. But I know you want to. I know that your why is powerful and that, in fact, it's why you've listened to this episode. It's why you're thinking about this. It's why you would like to make a change in your why needs to be flushed out. You need to really think about it and maybe even put it in writing. Okay, so new habit alert. Now when I'm recording my podcast, that's what I'm using as my trigger to remind me to have my greens. So what I'm drinking right now contains ashwagandha, moringa, spirulina, chlorella, coconut water, wheatgrass, red beet, matcha green tea, turmeric, lemon, and prebiotic powder. There's no mess, there's no blending, there's no food processing. It's a powdered form, 100% organic. I put one scoop of Organifi Greens powder into a big glass of sparkling ice. I stir it up. It tastes so refreshing. I'm not going to lie. I add a packet of stevia because I like it super sweet. It's delicious. It's actually very refreshing. The superfoods that they pack into this drink are specifically designed to help you reduce your cortisol levels. Now, if you're stressed, you can improve your cortisol levels by having a green juice every day. The Organifi Greens drink is its very tasty. There is an acquired taste to it. It does have a little bit of a greens taste, a little bit of a minty taste. But if you don't love Organifi Greens, Try another one of Organifi's products. I drink Organifi Pure mixed with Organifi Immunity every morning in my water bottle. That's for my immune system and my brain health. And I'm now having a greens drink in the afternoon. I want you to try the amazing line of Organifi products. They're all 100% organic. They're my favorites. They're convenient. They're delicious. So check it out. You get 20% off when you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, dot com forward slash Shaleen. It's Organifi with an I dot com forward slash Shaleen for 20% off. Check out their line of products. And if you know that you could use more greens and you want a tasty, delicious alternative to pulling out the blender, try the Organifi greens juice. That's Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen. My next tip is to remember that you've made a plan to make some changes starting today or maybe starting tomorrow. But Simply making a decision to do things differently isn't good enough. I mean, we want this to stick. And it's just like anything. If you make a decision to do something, that decision has to be followed by a plan. And the human brain does not do well with ambiguity. It is simply too ambiguous to decide, okay, I want to do better. 
you need a specific plan. And that's why you can go to YouTube right now and type in anything related to diet nutrition, and you are going to hear expert after expert after expert talking about, quote, meal planning. Now, I am not a big fan of traditional meal planning where you're figuring out what it is you're going to have for dinner for the next seven days, making it in advance, putting it in little containers, and putting it in your fridge. I'm just not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it because by day two, I'm already not looking forward to my dinner. By day three, I'm grossed out by something that I made like four days earlier. However, if that works for you, you should do it because it works for a lot of people. But what I am a big fan of, because it works, because I've worked with literally tens of thousands of people to help them get their nutrition back on course, what works is planning in advance. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to prepare the meals in advance and put them in little plastic containers. But it does mean that you're going to sit down and make a plan for what am I going to eat tomorrow? Just decide in advance what you're going to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you want to take it a step further, you could even prepare some of tomorrow's meals, or at least kind of make sure that you have those ingredients and make a plan, make a mental plan, make a plan in writing of what you're going to eat tomorrow. Make a plan for what it is you're going to start shopping for, what things you'd like to eat for the rest of the week. And don't forget to make a plan for what it is you're going to stop buying because you don't need it because it's undermining your health. It doesn't make you feel good. And I'm not telling you to cut something out or consider it bad and off limits. That type of thinking usually leads to overindulging, it leads to restricting, which can lead to binging, which can lead to like really feeling like you're depriving yourself of something. If there's something you you really want, then buy it, then get it, then eat it. One less than desirable meal, one less than desirable day of eating is not going to destroy your results. It's just not. What you want to keep in mind is consistency. Consistency is the key. It's when we beat ourselves up because we you know, had a bag of chips or we went out to eat and we decided to order French fries. So what? You guys, I have French fries all the time. Not all the time, but I have them when I want them. I might not eat a whole plate of them. I might not eat a whole order of them, but I think it's in large part because I don't deny myself those things that I no longer crave them. There was a period of time where there were so many foods that in my mind mentally I decided were bad or were cheap foods or were they were just foods that weren't healthy for me. And so rather than allowing myself to have them once in a while or when I crave them or just a little bit of them, I just decided I couldn't have them at all. I decided that I couldn't be trusted. And so I just would completely avoid them, which would lead to when I did give myself the opportunity, again, like let's say French fries, then I would eat like the entire plate. I would be stuffed on French fries and then I would feel horrible about myself that I have French fries. I had to kick that mentality. I had to learn to eat to fuel my muscles. I had to learn what was the right macronutrient ratios for me. Now, generally speaking, that can be a lot of different things. It's something, again, we cover and phase it up. It's something you can Google it's a lot of trial and error. I personally am not interested, nor did I find it helpful for me to track my macros every single day. I mean, there was a period of time when I did that and it was it was torturous and I didn't enjoy life. Like I was always worried like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, my percentage is off a little bit. I've got like 
too many carbs and not enough protein, or I had too much protein today and not enough carbohydrates. And in the end, it really all does balance out at the end of the week. Like it really didn't matter that I had 45% carbohydrates on Tuesday if then on Wednesday I had like 20%. You know, it just, it balances out at the end of the week. It balances out overall if you kind of know your ranges. And I did not enjoy, nor did I find it healthy or useful to track my macros every single day like a maniac. Like I couldn't enjoy my food. I would beat myself up at the end of the day if I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't in perfect alignment today. Instead, I phase my tracking. That means about every about every three months, about every 90 days, I take a whole week and I track my macros and I track them pretty carefully to get a sense of where am I? What things have I added to my diet that I didn't realize my macros are off? The other time that I might track my macros is when I notice like my clothes are fitting a little tighter or I just feel like puffier or I'm like, gosh, I'm I'm holding more body fat right now, then I will go back to tracking my macros. I'll track them for a week. And when I do that, usually within like two or three days, I realize, oh, wow, some of the things I've added to my diet have increased my fat content. And I didn't realize that I had stopped having fill in the blank. And that's probably why my protein is down. So it just helps me to be a little bit more aware. And that's it. That's all that I need. Know yourself. Some people do find it very useful to track their macros and their calories all the time. I'm not a fan. Personally, not a fan. I'm not a fan of anything that you can only do for a short period of time. What's the point? What is the point? You're going to return to your old habits, etc. I want you to approach your nutrition like a lifestyle. And if you need to get back on track, then what you're doing is you're getting your lifestyle back on track. Don't approach this like a diet. Doing so just, it sets you up for failure. Diets are meant to make you fail. That is why when you think about diet right now, you feel confused. It is why you question yourself. It is why you think you've probably done it wrong. It is also why it is so confusing that you hear, oh, this person says you have to do intermittent fasting. It worked for them and you have to do it. And then you're like, okay, but then this person says, absolutely do not do intermittent fasting it's not good for your metabolism, it spikes your cortisol, you're gonna store body fat. Then the next expert talks about how they were doing intermittent fasting, they stopped doing it, and now they're eating vegan. And they've dropped X amount of pounds. And so you're like, okay, oh gosh, well, that person says I need to go vegan. And then the next person tells you, it's the Mediterranean diet for women over this age, you've gotta eat Mediterranean. And the next person says, I did that and I gained weight eventually. And now look at my physique. This is because I've been following a zone diet. Like the reason why you feel so confused, and you should be, why wouldn't you be confused when people are telling you, no, you have to do it this way? This phenomenon, very simply, is because we all benefit from phasing our diet, changing things up. That's it. That's why you hear people constantly saying, well, this didn't work and now it does work. I mean, and that's why you hear so much conflicting information out there because each one of us is different. But without question, there are some things that are pretty universal. So for example, processed foods. (laughs) You won't find any expert anywhere 
who believes that processed foods are better than whole foods. It just defies common sense. We just weren't meant to eat so much processed crap. The more fake foods, the more processed foods we have, the more inflamed we become. When we become inflamed, we hold on to water, we hold on to body fat. Inflammation is the root cause of almost like every preventable disease. So that's pretty universal. That's one that everyone should be paying attention to is processed foods. Like try to eat as close to its natural form as possible. For example, today for lunch, I had two whole eggs. They were the eggs from my hairdresser's chicken. Shout out Dallas. Thank you. They were delicious. I had two whole eggs. Her chickens are free range, hormone free, and very happy California chickens. I had two eggs and I had a half of a filet steak that I split with bread. I mean, that's about as whole and unprocessed as you can get. And it was delicious. And you know what? In the past, I would have separated the eggs. I wouldn't have had the yolk. I also had a little serving of watermelon. And in the past, I would have thought that watermelon had too much sugar and had too many carbohydrates. I would have worried that the steak had too high of fat. And I would have been afraid to eat delicious, (laughs) completely healthy, unprocessed whole foods. That was a lunch that was all whole foods. And when I was afraid to eat whole foods... My body wasn't able to put on muscle the way I'm able to put on muscle now. Like, I'm telling you, I've completely transformed my body because I've given it the nutrition that it deserves and it needs. Eating whole foods, trying to eat a diet that has as little processed foods in it as possible, that's pretty much universal. What else is universal is that you need more water. What else is universal is that you need fat, protein, and carbohydrates. You need all three of those. It's also universal that our bodies are pretty finicky. So to create fat loss, you need a slight deficit. But if you remain in too low of a deficit for too long of a period, your body wants to protect you. So it slows your metabolism and doesn't allow you to put on muscle. So you might not gain weight, but you might stay the same weight and find yourself eating fewer and fewer calories and that your body stops cooperating with you, you just start noticing like, I'm just holding on to body fat. I haven't gained a lot of weight, but my body composition is different. And that is because your body is so smart. It's protecting you. If you're not eating enough nutrients, as I wasn't, right, when I first decided to start getting healthy, like in order to maintain the weight that I was at, I had to keep cutting my calories. That's what I thought I needed to do. I had to keep cutting my calories and exercising longer. And it just didn't allow me to put on muscle. So therefore, I really couldn't change my body composition until I learned what my body truly needed. And of course, I had to increase my body's caloric demands by putting more muscle in my body. If you suspect that part of your problem is you have restricted calories for so long and you're afraid of gaining weight, I'm going to put a link to our an episode that I did about reverse dieting, where basically you're learning how to slowly add calories back into your diet in such a way that you increase your metabolism. I'll put a, a link to that in our show notes as well. But if that's not your problem, if you know, in fact, maybe the opposite is a problem that you've allowed some bad habits and less than optimal food choices to become part of your, you know, 
regular nutrition, if you know that's the problem and you've tuned in, hoping that I'm going to share with you some great ways to become more disciplined, well, hopefully I've given you some ideas. But one thing I always remind people is that you don't have to be super disciplined if the temptation isn't there. I mean, especially for parents, man. I talk to parents all the time. We're like, how do I get my kids to eat healthier? I'm like, dude, you're buying the food. (laughs) Your seven-year-old isn't the one buying the sugary cereals. And listen, you know, we don't want to give our kids food issues. We just don't. So don't label food bad. Don't make a big deal about these things. But do take a look in your pantry and in your refrigerator and look at the things your kids are eating. Are they healthy for them? Or are they just delicious and exciting and they get excited about it and so you feel like you're, you know, a better mom or a better dad because you're making them happy by buying them these comfort foods and the foods that make them excited and happy. But you're also, you know, I mean, not to be dramatic, but like you're poisoning them if you're feeding them those things. So don't cut these things out cold turkey, but do slowly begin replacing some of those things with healthier options. Your kids are not going to starve themselves. They are not going to die. Eventually, they will learn to eat healthier foods, even though you as an adult can cut things out cold turkey. For kids, they feel like they're being punished. So be sneaky about this. Be manipulative. Be a ninja mom and make the process gradual because right now you are having to exercise so much discipline to not eat those foods that you know are basically poisonous for you. And so you have to exercise all this discipline, but yet you're feeding them to your kids. Does that make any sense? But that's Shalene, it's all that they want. I can't, who's the parent? Who is the parent here? What is your responsibility? I mean, by taking responsibility in that area, you're gonna benefit yourself. Because right now you're having to exercise discipline because that stuff is around all the time. But is it, really in the best interest of your family. We know it's not in your best interest, but how could it be in your kids' best interest? It's probably not. Now, listen, I'm not asking you to be perfect. This is about progress. Even if you could just be 1% better next week with your nutrition or even tomorrow, just 1% better tomorrow, can you do that? Of course you can. And that's what I want you to focus on is just making progress. It's about consistency Perfection is something that nobody can maintain and eventually we revolt from it, it backfires on it and we it's just so hard and so overwhelming and we feel so defeated that we we go all or nothing. And I don't want you to have that approach. I never want you to feel hungry. I never want you to beat yourself up when you are a human, right? Just think about the 80-20 rule. Remind yourself to do your best as often as you can and when you do go off the rails, Get back on the rails as soon as you can. But it's about consistency. You can have a horrible day of eating. Just don't get on the scale the next day. I don't get on the scale at all. You know, I know what my body looks like in the mirror. And it doesn't really matter what it says on the scale. If I like what I see in the mirror, who cares what it says on the scale? And numbers mess with me, so I don't use a scale. If numbers mess with you, don't use a scale. You know, you know perfectly well. If you are healthy, you know perfectly well if you're gaining weight or losing weight. You, you just know. It is so much easier when the choices that we have in our home actually support our health. When the foods that we buy and where we spend our money actually honors our own health 
They honor our body because you are worth it. And you have to believe, you have to believe two things. You have to believe that you're worth it and you have to believe that it's possible. So I want you to follow people in social, if if that's your thing, I want you to follow people in social media who are maybe a little bit older than you and have made the transition. I'm not talking about following the people who probably all their life have been super fit and lean. I don't know if that journey will inspire you. I'll tell you someone who to follow. I mean, I can't think of anyone at any age who doesn't find her just completely inspirational because of her late in life transformation of her nutrition and her muscle composition. Train with Joan. Oh my gosh, this woman, look her up on Instagram. We'll put a link right in the show notes. You can just click on it and check her out on Instagram. What a phenom. And again, the reason why I want you to follow women like her, and there's so many others, that's just the first one that came to my mind, but there's a whole bunch of them. And I have featured them from time to time on my Instagram stories. I'll try to do that again on Wednesday when this, actually, you know what I'll do? I'll create a story highlight too. So that whenever you're listening to this, if you missed my Instagram stories that day, look for the story highlight of women that will inspire you because they've transformed their bodies later in life. And it is possible at any age, whether you're 40, 50, 60, yes, even 70, yes, even 80 years old, you can add muscle to your body. You can change the way that you eat. You can improve your vitality, your longevity, your energy, your confidence. I mean, it's, it's possible. And sometimes in order to believe it's possible, we have to see other people who have done it. Accountability is the last thing I want to mention. And I've, you know, I've kind of talked about it throughout this episode. But when we're talking about getting back on track, I know I've said this so many times before, but we are so quick to let ourselves down oftentimes because we have, we want to do things for other people, right? So we're like, I had the best of intentions, but then I had to do A, B, C, and D for these people. And so I didn't get to do X, Y, Z for myself. And we will often let ourselves down. So personal accountability is great if you're good at it. Like maybe for you, that's keeping a food journal. Maybe for you, that's just taking pictures of all of your meals or tracking your macros for a week or downloading an app like My Fitness Pal, just to, you know, be able to look at what am I eating? Where am I on course? Where am I on track? Where am I missing the mark? If you are someone who uses a push journal, our push journals have a page every single day where, and it's super easy to use because you just give yourself a quick score on a scale of one to 10. Like how did I do nutrition wise? You don't have to overthink it. You don't have to write down every little thing. You can just circle a number and give yourself a score, scale of one to 10. We give you a place to track your, your water intake, if you are someone who does intermittent fasting, there's a place to track that. It's just, it's really super simple. So if you're a physical person, use that. If you're an app person, download an app like MyFitnessPal. But if you know, I've done that in the past, and I just don't stick to it for very long, then, then maybe you need someone outside of yourself to keep you accountable. Join a fitness challenge or a nutritional challenge. Work with a one-on-one coach. Text your best friend and say, listen, we're both going to log into my fitness pal every single day. You know, you can friend somebody on those apps so you can tell if they've logged in or you can actually send each other your food diaries. If you don't want to do that, you just, you know, keep each other accountable. Do what works for you. Remember that this is about creating habits, creating the kind of habits that you can role model to the people around you 
creating the kind of habits that help you to feel better, to look better, that make you feel good about yourself, not the kind of habits that feel like punishment. None of this should feel like punishment. This should feel like something that you are privileged to do. It is an honor to take care of your body. And it is, it's so empowering to realize what food is for and how we have, we've turned food into everything but what it really is. Like food for us is social. Food is love. Food is comfort. Food is, it's so many things for us in a society. Food is a distraction. Food can be addictive, especially when we're talking about processed food. But at its core, food is fuel and food is medicine. Being in Europe for 30 days really helped me to understand how much better I could be about unprocessing my diet. Like just the food was so fresh and so seasonal and it was delicious. And I didn't see anything that was like low fat or gluten-free and all these crazy, you know, processing labels because it's just right from the garden. It's so fresh and so unprocessed. And it helped me to realize that I was, I allowed some things to creep into my diet that I just don't even need. And they are processed. They're quote unquote healthy processed foods. But I'm like, why am I doing this? I got caught up in the marketing and consumerism of those things. I don't even need to buy them. They don't serve me. I want to be full from unprocessed whole fruits, vegetables, meats, cheeses, things our great, great grandparents would eat. You know, I mean, you look back at old photos like from, you know, 100 years ago, people weren't overweight like they are now. We're so consumed with dumb diet foods and, you know, the crazy marketing of processed, quote, healthy foods. And we're dying from diseases that are preventable. And so many of the preventable diseases are the result of inflammation from our horrible diets. And it's time to make a change because you you're worth it. You really are. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon. You made it to the end of the show, which means you loved it, right? So don't forget to subscribe to keep up with the newest episodes. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most every podcast app. We would be truly grateful if you left a five-star review and told us specifically which episode you enjoyed and why. The Shaleen Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But don't worry, we got Tuesdays and Thursdays covered too with Build Your Tribe, Shaleen's other podcast, which she happens to co-host with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media growth, and marketing devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. So make sure you're subscribed to Build Your Tribe and following along. If you'd like to hear Shaleen get real personal with stuff that isn't exactly appropriate for the public podcast, then be sure to check out her Patreon where she spills all the tea. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. Links to anything referenced in today's episode as well as show sponsors and other podcasts can be found below in our show notes.